Welcome to Let's Humanize the Workplace. My name is Vivian Aqua and I'm the Inclusive Workplace Wellness Advocate. Today I will keep the introduction short and brief, but uh, knowing the topic, what it is all about, I do need to share, you know, the reason why I do what I do and it has to do with this boy. So Orlando is now seven, but in this picture he was three. And since we are talking about the state of working moms wow 2020 has been a lot for working moms so i will what i'll do is i will bring up the six mothers that i have invited to have this conversation so if you just bear with me so that i can include them in the conversation let me see and i am going to introduce them one by one so just have a little moment and bear with me. So first of all, Tara is the not the HR lady. She's a no BS exec who challenges the status quo on all things people. And she's the author of F your office snacks and the mom of seven. <laughs> Cordelia <laughs> is the emotions opener transformation strategist guiding leaders to use their darkest and most difficult emotions to show up powerfully. Homera is the founder and CEO of Locell, and Locell is a global private platform created for women in the workplace based in British Columbia. Stella is a master student in gender studies, and she's also the host of Salt the Podcast and has 12 years of work experience in the higher education sector. And Elizabeth is a licensed attorney, a conflict resolution expert, woman and disability advocate, and also negotiation coach. And last but not least, Camilla is an ambitious supply chain and operations pro professional and an NGO founder, and also the mother of two young kids from the age of two and five. And I am welcoming these ladies. They are all rock stars when it comes to as a working mom. So let's, let's jump into the first question. I'll skip the, the question of let's humanize the workplace because I feel like, you know, we are all, we, by now we should all know what, why it is important, but let's reflect on this year. What happened? What happened? What did happen? <laughs> what happened? Tara? Everything, everything happened. What didn't happen this year? I mean, we've all become, you know, educators, uh, we've all become nannies uh, and friends and reading buddies and tutors and home chefs and whatever else. Like, you know, that's just with the kids, right? And that's not even all of it. And then, you know, with the, the whole world of work shut down as we know it. I, I'm a person mm -hmm. who travels, uh, you know, 100 or so plus days a year. And to not do that anymore is so weird. I haven't been on an airplane in nine months. It's it's bananas. You know, every way we interact with people has literally changed. We're living in mm -hmm. some kind of like virtual space where this is our normal. Yeah, it's certainly been a year of I think challenging us all in pretty much every conceivable way. Definitely, Elizabeth, you're you're nodding your head. This year has been the year that I have questioned my priorities. I have looked at 
how I want to do life. I've looked at how I want to experience relationships. I've looked at what community actually means to me, how to define community. I've looked at um, how do I want to show up in the world as a mother? How do I want to show up in the world as a woman first and then a mother? Um, How do I want to show up in the world as a partner? How do I want to show up in the world as a professional and as a businesswoman? And I think 2020 as... um, awful in many senses as 2020 has been there has been a glimmer of hope in that it's mm-hmm. caused us to have these sorts of conversations and we've had conversations in the past right we've talked about you know we need to make the workplace better for women we need to make yeah. the workplace better for for mothers we etc cetera, etc cetera. now I think organizations are starting to see it in a different way. Like, hmm, there's a mass exodus going on with women and we have to make some changes. So 2020 has definitely been a year for the books. (laughs) And it's something that I think that we all have, hopefully we've grown from and that we can continue to grow so that we can help our children grow as well. I I can only say amen to both of you, right? And um, Camilla. I think 2020, it's been very interesting to see how everybody has reacted to 2020 because some have mm-hmm. really seen it a little bit. What Elizabeth said, like, it's also a time to sort of rediscover your own, what you really want to do with life. Some people are going into depression. Some people have anxiety. Some people are like reevaluating everything. And I think everybody's sort of suffering in their own way. And I know even within my little family, like we are four people and each person has a different reaction. So it's really a lot to sort of listen to and trying to navigate and see what do we need to how do we need to make this work for everybody and sort of create a space that's livable for everybody and i think that that has been our unique challenge of uh, of 2020. thank you Humera. yeah i mean what everybody said just echoing to that but also really i would say that 2020 in some ways it's been more hopeful and a time of reflection because traditionally up until now um, you know, it's, you know, it was always the working moms. And of course, we were talking about working mothers today. But I think workplaces are also starting to see um, the, the working dads and just people yeah. living alone. And, you know, there's a lot of challenges for each one of us today, different challenges. But it's always in some ways, I find, you know, in especially where we live in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, um, that it, it's almost providing a bit of equity. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like I've always struggled because I'm a working mother. I have two kids, four and six, both girls. Um, But also, uh, and my partner, I mean, my husband, he works also like 70 hour work weeks, right? So just even seeing like he's having to work from home. He does most of the drop offs and pickups. And Mm -hmm. in some ways it sounds bad, but it feels good, you know, Mm -hmm. because (laughs) I see you laughing here, but Mm -hmm. like, everybody is having to face different challenges, you know, that working mothers have been facing for a long time. I think so. I am just going to be that positive entrepreneur who's going to see what has, you know, what positive has come of this situation. Um, And I think, uh, I mean, it's sad, you know, the state of working mothers just in general. um, But I think there's a message of hope there. Yeah. Stella. Yes, so what has happened this year, we had Zoom calls with our babies in our laps, we've given presentations with our children walking in, Mm -hmm. and we've kind of blurred the lines between the working world and the private sphere, which I I don't believe in anyway. 
And through that, I think we came closer because our clients, our customers, our whatever colleagues have seen more of us, like we've become more vulnerable. But then also on the other hand, it had a huge impact on working mothers, especially also single mothers, because mm -hmm. in general, we still do most of the reproductive work. And there have been moments where at the end of the day, you felt like, oh my God, I didn't do anything well because I've been all over the place and I haven't done anything well. And you go to bed kind of frustrated. And another topic that is also not so positive is that there has been also an increase, of course, in domestic violence because yeah. we've been stuck in our houses. Um, and yeah, that's another thing that happened in 2020. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Cordelia. Yeah, welcome to my world, all you. I've been working from <laughs> home like the past five years with my kids and, you know, and harmonizing life. But, you know, seriously, this has been, you know, to Humera's point, it's been a slowdown and opportunity to harmonize and opportunity to, um, on an individual uh, family basis and on an individual woman and man basis, see ourselves and see how we can prioritize our own care, right? So that we yeah. can show up um, as full professionals. And for businesses and organizations, they get a chance to see the human beings that work for them. And it's been an opportunity for them to reassess their policies. And to Elizabeth's point, by the way, like 80% of women have left work, the, the workforce. Mm -hmm. Men have gotten four times uh, promoted, four times more than they normally would have. And um, which, you know, if you're married, that's not a bad thing, right? Because now your husband's making more money. That's kind of a plus, right? Um, but if uh, you, you know, already were grappling with your career as a mom, it is frustrating on another level, right? Your husband yeah. got a promotion, you had to leave your job, and now you're a, a housewife and you never wanted to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. And let's just be real, that does, you know, drain you mentally. And and yes, there has been a, a serious and detrimental spike in global domestic violence. So that is a panoramic view. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I do, I, I totally can um can share something about myself so to be honest my partner stepped up he wanted me to make the notion that yes we are not a traditional family i was working more so that he can uh pick up our son but also can bring him to school and do some of the things that are there but it's unfortunately to see that so many families did keep a traditional role, whereas the woman is doing it all and eventually she's not recharging herself. And that's where I feel we we have we all have failed women in this in this way. We all have failed ourselves when we are doing that, when we are allowing to step backwards instead of forwards, because there were so many, wasn't it a hundred years ago that we were able to vote? Wasn't it a hundred years ago, 50 years ago that we were able to participate in the workplace and now we're leaving the workplace? Something that Gallup is saying that 
our career well-being is so important. Some of us identify ourselves with our career, with a job, or feeling, you know, feeling different than being called all the time with mom this, mom that, mom do this, mom do that. And we want to be something different. So what I've learned from 2020 is um, I've learned a lot from my son. I've learned to listen to him, but I also learned that I value the title, the role that I have besides being a mom all the time that I still love them. I still love my partner, but I also like the separate life that I have besides them. Yeah. Yeah. But now is the time that we are challenging leaders or we are not nudging them, but pushing them to do something to step up to prevent women from leaving the workplace. So I'll start with Stella. Yes, I have quite a list actually. Of <laughs> oh, you have tips. a list. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <Bring> it on. <laughs> so flexible working hours. Mm -hmm. um, let mothers work from home when the kids are sick. Give them flexibility mm -hmm. in the morning. You know, you have to look mm -hmm. good, bring them to the daycare, bring them to the school, get the metro or your bike or your car. That creates a lot of stress. So don't yes. expect them to be there at nine. Um, don't look at women as superwomen, because mm. by looking at them as superwomen or heroes, um, you move away from taking responsibility because a hero and a superwoman, she can do it all. She doesn't need your support. She doesn't need anything from you. And you make your life easy as an employer. I do, as the government. I do have to add something. Yes. When I say leaders, I'm also talking about the self-leaders and this thing that you are sharing about superwoman, we also need to stop others from seeing us as superwoman, as you know, the woman with the eight hands here, you know, the Indian version where she's carrying it all. The we need to stop that. Yes, we need to stop that. Yes, continue. <laughs> yes, so um, the superwoman thing. And leaders have to realize that we cannot work from home and take care of our kids simultaneously. That, mm -hmm. That's what it is. As I said earlier, yeah. at the end of the day, you don't do anything right. So either they provide you flexible working hours or they give you some access to backup childcare that they, I don't know, hire a nanny for you. And the other thing that I have on my list is they have to modify your objectives because the objectives you set in 2019, you cannot fulfill them right now with everything happening. So these are some things that I have to say. Thank you, Stella. Stella has spoken. Omera. Yeah, uh, I mean, of course, everything that Stella said. Um, you know, I was thinking about this question and, you know, I'm a leader and, you know, I have a team. We've actually grown during the pandemic to support our community. Um, and um, this is what I see in terms of, I think having more women in leadership positions is key because we come from that lived experience and can actually, it's like feeling that pain and providing solutions to that pain. Um, so, you know, providing that supportive network, you know, providing mentorship, professional development opportunities, connecting them with other mothers. And I think mm -hmm. this is a great platform, but just again, other working mothers. Um, and, you know, sometimes we look around and we don't see people, you know, in our shoes. You know, I saw this post on Facebook and I think it's made its round, but it's talking about how, you know, we are not in the same boat. We are in the same storm, perhaps, but not in the same boat. Our situations are different. So look. Mm -hmm 
looking at, you know, the working mothers providing solutions that address their problems and providing that flexibility. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we need to do a lot as leaders to create an environment of support, flexibility, and also acknowledging the value that we bring mm -hmm. to the workplace. Thank you. <laughs> Camilla. I think a lot of the um, one thing that's also really important to mothers and to any parent during this period, there is so much uncertainty. So we're having really mm -hmm. clear communication and clear sort of uh, plans about the future and what can happen and what cannot happen. So if there is a risk of people losing their jobs, which there will be for many companies, and that is just yeah. a fact that we unfortunately have to deal with, but then at least give some kind of a horizon, you know, horizon that people can plan for. If you expect that you want people back in the office, then let people know, okay, we're always, when we go back to the office, you can expect that we will give you a couple of months notice and we expect we can let you, you know, still work from home if that's what you need for your family. So just, again, give some flexibility, but also be really clear on the communication and what that mother or any parent has to plan for going forward. Because this, like, dealing with, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and you can't plan a week ahead, is very, very difficult. Uh, yeah. And I would also like to add on, if you have to let go of people, do it with such the utmost respect. And also know that behind every woman, there is a whole family, there is a whole network. And if you don't let go of them in a respectful way, they are forever devastated. And that is also passed on towards their children or their surroundings. So please provide the right tools, maybe give uh, a budget to um, upskill for training, for instance, so that they can do something with, with the time that they have left in your workplace and learn something new so that they can become agile within this uh, within this lockdown. So, yes. Yeah. Cordelia. And I have, to, no, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yes, continue. Oh, yes, oh. No, I just wanted to say, so I, I actually, I lost my job during COVID and I was lucky enough to get a new job. And I just mm -hmm. have the new company that I'm now working for have done a lot of things, I think, during this period. So they've given every every employee an extra day off every mm -hmm. month to just have an extra, right. like a long weekend every month. So you can spend time with the family. They have yeah. made sure that everybody have a subscription for a Headspace. So we have a meditation app. They have gotten like sports, virtual sports training that people can join there really in all the sort of team events there or there's a lot of focus from the leadership and from colleagues and really saying okay you have to take care of yourself first make sure you spend the weekends being with your family and not trying to do overwork we need everybody to stay sane and stay healthy during this period um and i think that is an amazing thing that companies can do it's a good example and, it, and the good thing is that it, it makes me want to do more it makes me more committed to the company as well so that is it's an upside yeah, thank you. Cordelia. Yeah, so I'm going to speak from the self-leadership perspective, and I want to mm -hmm. address the superwoman persona that we take on, right? Yeah. It's okay to be and not do. It's okay mm -hmm. to prioritize you, replenish yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't pour into yourself, you don't have anything to give anyone. And the priority should be you 
you, you, then your family, then your job. So I just want to remind women of that, that first and foremost, please release the need to do what's expected and accepted. And if you have a partner that's pushing the what's expected, then, you know, that there's maybe it's time to reassess that as well. Um, but m most importantly, you know, what I'm seeing <laughs> on my end is uh, women unnecessarily stressing themselves out. And I know it sounds harsh, but it is unnecessary because if you're in a house full of people, and I can say this because I have six kids, right? If you're in a house full of people and they're able-bodied and they're old enough and they're not going to do anything and they expect you to do it, then, you know, guess what? You become the priority, mm -hmm. only you. And, um, and part of that priority, you know, is making sure that you take time to um, just have, you know, space alone, go hiking, be in nature, um, dance, um, pray, meditate, whatever it yeah. is that calms you down or helps you to embody more joy. Because when you're coming from a place of joy and, and start your day with what joy can I create in my life today? Mm -hmm. Don't run that to-do list. So that that's what I want to offer. Yeah. It reminds me of the saying in when you are sitting in an airplane and they are saying, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you give it to your child or to whomever. And that is exactly what you have been sharing. We cannot pour from an empty cup, help others, supporting others while we are on the edge. So please, mothers, sisters, aunties, I ask of you, please take care of yourself first before you take care of somebody else. Elizabeth. I want to address this from a corporate leader standpoint, what organizations mm -hmm. can do. I think one, we need to slow down on these meetings. I mm. work in an organization where I am in meetings for three to five hours per day, per day, <laughs> yes, per day. And that doesn't give me time to actually do the work that doesn't give me mm -hmm. time to mother in the way that I need to mother in this season of my life. That doesn't give me an opportunity to plan and think about how do I want my week to look. So I think organizations should really think about how can they create some type of policy? How do they create some type of procedure where they can say one day a week, no meetings, or if you work mm -hmm. on a very small team, hey, on this Thursday, there will be no meetings whatsoever. I think that's going to do a lot for mothers in the workplace because it gives them an opportunity to at least look forward to that day to say, okay, now I can truly plan and be successful. I think organizations can also consider creating a parent employee resource group. This is an opportunity just like we're doing right now. All of us are together, all six, seven women. We're kind of talking things out. We're processing together. We're kind of sharing ideas. This is a great way for women, whether we are entrepreneurs, whether we're in the corporate space, 
I call us corporate babes. Those are in the corporate spaces. Whether whether we are simply uh, uh, stay at homes and we we work part time gigs on the side, this is mm-hmm. an opportunity for us to kind of just reflect with one another and have a chance to really just say, "Hey, you know, Vivi, I was thinking about something you said the other day. How are you handling this? I know your mm-hmm. son just turned seven recently, a few months ago. Mine did too. What's he doing right now? Let's exchange some ideas. I think that would be a wonderful way to really build community." and strengthen that community. Lastly, well, actually, I got two more. But one, I also think um, organizations need to create a quality transition plan. There are some women that yeah. are taking FEMLA right now. Within the United States, we have uh, the Family Medical Leave Act, which allows you up to 12 weeks to leave an organization for a, a medical reason, medical medically associated reason. Many women are doing that. They don't want to leave their jobs, but they need time. And many organizations will grant that time, but they don't create a quality transition plan. So if I leave for 12 weeks and I come back and you just yeah. drop a bunch of work on my desk, I'm not going to be successful. That doesn't allow me to strategize in a way to be successful on my exit and on my return and will actually cause me to want to leave even faster before the 12 weeks are even up, right? So organizations need to do that. And lastly, respecting the work-life alignment. Uh, I I know many women that they are out of the office. You get their out-of-the-office email, but they're responding to emails. They're dialing in on the calls. And I'm like, no, you're out of the office. Get out of the office. If you are out of the office, be out of the office. Because what happens is that you're training your colleagues, your Mm -hmm. managers, the leaders in the organization, you're training them that when you're out of the office, you're not really out of the office. And we always have a way to get to you. So I tell women, if you're out of the office, truly be out of the office, put your out of office on, don't log in, don't check, you know, don't check email, don't text someone to find out what's going on, allow yourself to be away and out of the office, close the books for the night, close the books for the week, however long that you're away, and walk in the grace that you're given. Because if you don't take advantage of that time, then you're going to truly be burned out. Tara. So uh, that's a perfect segue, like Elizabeth and I planned it, and we didn't. But what, uh, you know, kind of piggybacking on the whole out of the office thing, and I'm guilty of this. I talk a lot. Um, I'm really self-deprecating on all my faults uh, from a lead perspective on my show and in my writing. And I can tell you that having been a top HR leader, a top chief executive people officer um, for 12 years in the like childbearing years uh, of my life, I was absolutely terrible at demonstrating a quality workplace for women. And I I can admit that with my first child, oh my gosh, like I was back, I did a webinar in the hospital three days after uh, after having a C-section with my second child. And I had my husband at the time um, stand guard at the door so that no nurses came in because they couldn't interrupt it. So like, hear me out. I'm the top leader. And I think at this time, this is a long time ago. This is my first, this is way back when, but I get into this space and I am demonstrating exactly what not to do. Um, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're talking about having a mother friendly workplace environment, and I should be the epitome of that, seeing as how I sort of run people uh, for this pretty big company. And it was very quickly that I realized the error of my ways. And I'm like, gosh, 
no one should do this. No one should return mm -hmm. from maternity leave. No one should ever, um, you know, sacrifice for their families, certainly at the highest leadership level. So to Elizabeth's point, from a corporate perspective, it's up to us and those of us who work with clients, who work within companies, et cetera, to really demonstrate what being a working parent looks like at all levels of leadership. Like these guys are dads, you know, like all of these dudes who run all these companies who are on these boards, they all have children. And mm -hmm. I bet a single person has ever asked them who's watching their children. But I bet everybody in this room on this panel today and probably every woman watching um, at one point or another in the workplace has said, had said to them, who's watching your children? And so we have to do better when we're in a position of leadership, that's using that privilege, that leadership privilege of demonstration and leading by example and fighting for others to have the same sort of advantages that executives have sometimes, right? So mm -hmm. I can have weeks off of work because I can work from home and like whatever. I'll give people who work in our call center who might be penalized uh, because they don't qualify for FMLA, to Elizabeth's point. They haven't been at mm -hmm. the company here. There could be a reason why they sort of get let go and there's privileges for others. And that's why I go back to we, what we can all do, what companies can do, is really demonstrate from the top what a family-friendly leadership team looks like, a family-forward organization. It's great to have all these benefits and blah, 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 but it is really more important when you have them that the people in the highest positions are demonstrating how to use them effectively yeah. so that other people follow that behavior. Because guess what? If somebody's pregnant on my team, they're going to come and expect, they're going to think that I expect them to come back to work. I don't. That's just me. But they're not going to know that. And that's a difficult conversation. Communication is su super critical, as we've said as well. Yeah. But also with that comes demonstration and the demonstrating those good behaviors and that sort of environment that you're talking about, that you're telling the company is about um, really living it, I think, really brings the message home, especially in these times when we're virtual. Oh, I got an awesome. Yay! Definitely. What I do, what I do want to say, and it has nothing to do with us working mom. I also have to applaud a working dad who I admire. I talk a lot about Alexis Ohanian, the way he's stepping up and the way he's also advocating for dads to step up, dads to show up, dads to have parental leave, dads to have some PTO so that they can also have some time and the space mm -hmm. to take care of the kids. So Yes, this episode, it's about working moms, but I'm not forgetting the dads as well, because it is a family thing and it is us challenging companies to do better for both parents in the workplace. But because of the strain that has, or the toll that it has taken on working moms, that's why I'm dedicating this episode to working moms as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, can I get a bit, can I just say something really quick, Vivian? Like, I love that you brought dads into it, but like, let's take a breath, okay? We mm -hmm. have, men have always been dads and always been in the workplace. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's taken until all of this time for all of us mm -hmm. to talk about moms working in the workplace and what that looks like. So while I'm appreciative of all of their efforts, let's let's be us right now. Let's let's yeah. Let's not give any credit to the men right now because they've been given a lot of credit and it's perfectly okay for us to say that moms have a unique situation and a unique challenge in the workplace that really Definitely. see this is why it's better if we ran the world because we think about that 
you think about these <laughs> were empathetic, right? Like you're sitting here kind yeah. of not wanting to hog all the credit for mom because there yeah. are really great working dads out there, but they get all the credit like already. Yeah. So let's just take this one live session today and say, dads, look, we get you, but right now it's about us. And let's, let's just talk about moms, right? Because okay, speaking 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 of moms, speaking of moms, what is the one message that you have for mothers who are tiptoeing around? Shall I leave? Shall I stay? Shall I leave? Shall I stay? Tara, let's start with you. You know, I I am in the same space as I think a lot of people talked about what 2020 had reflected upon for them and what they've reflected mm -hmm. on. Um, I want everyone to do whatever makes them happy. Like I mm -hmm. want you to just chase your passion. And if that's staying in the workforce, working for an organization, do that. If that's a part of your identity, do that. If that means that you want to go and create your own thing, whatever that is with whatever passion that you have now, whatever renewed interest COVID has given you, whatever gift of COVID, because I think we've all we talked a lot about the struggles and stuff, and we did talk a little about the gifts, but there's been a lot of good that's happened yeah. this year. And I think like looking at like the nuggets and that self-reflection piece is so vital because, wow, what an opportunity we have now to think about everything differently. Whether I want to stay in the workplace, whether this whole stay-at-home mom gig, even though I didn't even want kids to begin with, it's kind of cool. I like it. Like, I don't know if I want to do it full time, but man, I like them being here. It's cool to be yeah. together. I think you really start to think about what is really important to you. And I think yeah. for so many of us, what we've realized all along, but never had enough of is time. And this has given us time, whether we wanted to or not. And I think we've all gotten through it in our own ways. Um, at least it's my takeaway. And almost everybody I've talked to is, this 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 space has given time time to work on that book you've been trying to write time to paint that thing you were doing to spend that whatever with your kids i'm not saying like all woo -woo -woo goalie and stuff but like you've had time to focus a little bit more on you where you otherwise would have said you were too busy yeah true cordelia you know i want to mm -hmm. just say that this is the time for you to actually speak up for what you truly desire. All the times that you never said, this is what I desire. This is um, what you as an employer need to integrate into the culture here. This is what you as my partner, my husband, or my children need to, to do to make this family more harmonious and work. Mm -hmm. This is your time. Don't cower. Don't like, you know, I'm just going to give in. Nope. Stand up for what it is that you truly love, what you truly desire, and tell everybody. Don't yeah. hold your tongue at all. Tell everybody and be very, very clear. It's okay. And, and stand up for, you know, in order for me to keep working, this is what needs to happen. And a man would do that. Men do it all the time. And, you know, even if it includes, I need a raise. Even if it includes, you know, you're going to have to hire a tutor for my kids. Whatever it is, say it. This is the yeah. time. Yeah, don't just run out. 
Thank you. Umar? Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you know, this is what I actually was thinking. Somebody said, oh, you need a COO, you know, to do a lot of the delegation and stuff like that. And I, I would love to hire a COO. I just can't pay for them. Um, mm -hmm. But this is what I said. I said, instead of a COO, I would love to have a nanny. I would love to have a cook. I would love to have somebody to come and clean the house. I live with diagnosed OCD, okay? And so if my kids or my husband are not tidying up after themselves, I'm the one who's going to do it because I need, because we all work from home. And I, sure, my office is tidy, but I will be going into the kitchen to get coffee and it's going to be stress on my mind to see dishes out and everybody's clothes are all over the place. So, um, so now I'm having to work extra to, you know, have systems in place where somebody suggested a bin with their names and it's a lot. Okay. And so anyway, so I think this is exactly what it is. Ask for what you want. Don't mm -hmm. let others dictate what you should want or you should have. I want to do the work to see, I mean, sure, you know, I can still do the, all that work, but this, the homework is driving me crazy. Um, so I would say, you know, to all the working moms who might be thinking about leaving the workforce to what even Tara said, you know, do what's best for you. Think long-term, you know, COVID is here. We know that it might be here for another year, who knows, but really think about long-term. Don't make those, you know, rushed decisions. You want to take time off, take time off. I think that's okay. So this mm -hmm. is you know, the time to do those things. If you want to take time off, take time off. Be bold in asking for what you want. Because if you don't do it now, this is a good chance. So which is why, again, the hopeful message, this is our chance to truly ask for what we want. Um, yeah. And connect with others. Connect with others who are, you know, the, the social media facade, you know, and I know we're all also seeing that you know nobody's lives are perfect I've been off social media in terms of Instagram sharing for at least a week or so and it's because you know what I am overwhelmed so I'm not gonna post you know a, oh I'm out with my kids walking around the beautiful neighborhood that's not no I'm I'm mad because they're not doing their chores so, <laughs> so I think it's, I, just taking that time off mm -hmm. not pretending to have this amazing life. And I see my friends, it drives me crazy. They're still posting and I know we're all struggling and I know they're struggling, which mm -hmm. is like, you know, they're, they're out and about, they're enjoying the holiday season. Like, stop that. Okay. Stop that. Be that role model. You know, if you can't be vulnerable, at least don't show, you know, we're doing amazing going back to the super mom, superhero situation. Like we're not. And then people say, Humara, you're killing it. Um, no, you know, so I think, um, anyway, just be authentic, take that time off. If you need to ask for what you want, connect with others and, and to make the time to ask how they're truly doing. So Thank that's you. what I would say. Stella. Yes. Speaking up, that's definitely something we have to do, but mm -hmm. we also need to be aware that we are all based in the global North. So we are very privileged where we are and there are women in the global South that are not at all. They cannot say, let me take time off. They don't have a lot of the options that we have. So what I think is also important, and Elizabeth mentioned it earlier, to create community, to be good allies with the, to each other, to support each other, inspire each other, see how we can, yeah, how we can 
we can be there for each other, like literally, not just with words, but with actions. So yeah, that's something that I find very, very important. Thanks for sharing. Camilla? Yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about this situation, to be honest, because mm -hmm. the thing is that there is one thing is to take leave for a while and come back to the workplace. But we know that when this happens, a lot of women do not return to the workplace and not necessarily yeah. because they chose to be at home, but because, you know, now they're so far behind or now they got you so used to being in that home position and the rest of the family got used to that. And that's this feels like the only way forward. Just like we see in so many countries that all those girls we fought so many years and decades to get into schools and now they get taken out of school and we know that many, many, many of them are not going to return. So yeah. I feel like we are getting set back decades, all the, what our sisters and mothers and everybody fought for for decades in front of us is sort of being ripped away in one year. So I just, I mean, if you want to go home or if you need to go home, then do that make that decision for yourself and your family but make sure that if you do if your preference is to work and have a career just try to pull on every lever that you can before you make that decision and i think often we are sort of in the negotiation with our partner and we say yeah you know you earn more than me it's like yeah you know why i earn less than you that's because i give birth to our babies then i took parental yeah. leave then yeah. i was set behind then i did not make all those steps in my career that you did while I was out of the workplace. So you have to sort of look at the whole picture and negotiate, renegotiate at home, as Cordelia said, renegotiate in the marketplace, ask for the help that you can get. If you still need to take leave from work, then make a plan for how you're gonna come back to work. Make sure that while you're out of the workplace that you keep your network going and you keep checking in with the colleagues and the people still working so you have a way in afterwards. Um, and see if there's some way that you can maybe do like small projects or something that sort of keeps on or re-educating yourself, whatever you can keep you in touch with the workplace and the career that you want to have after the period of leave is over, because this period will end. We will at some point get back to normal and we need to be able to then step back into the roles and the careers that we want to have that we've fought so many years to get to. Amen. Amen. Elizabeth. That was a perfect, perfect segue because I yeah. literally said to myself, creating a career strategy is what women can do that feel that they have to leave in this season of their lives. First, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, if you're thinking about leaving, don't. But if you have to leave, if you have to leave, make sure that you are very aware of what your options are and you create a 24 to 36 month strategy plan on how you're gonna continue your education while you're at home, how you plan on reaching out to certain individuals, how you, who are you gonna continue to network with as far as if you are working within a corporation, how are you gonna continue to stay in contact with your clients if you have to shut down your business, things of that nature. When women are very strategic, we are very naturally strategic. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. But when women <laughs> implement on their strategies and they create these strategies, they are more successful. And we have seen that not just only for individuals, but we've seen that in large organizations. We've seen that in small organizations. You can't just have an idea and a wish, right? Hope is not a strategy. What you need to do is you need to make sure that you are very clear about what it is that you want. Okay. COVID's probably not going to be here in three to five years, right? 
I may need to be home for the next two years. This is what I intend to do. This is what it's going to look like in three months, six months, nine months, et cetera, and then execute on that. Look for the community so that you have that accountability so that you mm -hmm. can continue your education if you need to, so that you can volunteer, so you can continue to flex your courage muscle as far as your particular skill sets are concerned, and then continue to walk out that strategy to success. That way, once COVID goes away, you're not sitting there lamenting and commiserating about, oh my God, my life is ruined because I had to stay home with the kids. And on top of that, you don't want your children to hear that because you don't want your children to emotionally process that as though they were the ones that ruined your lives, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it's very important that we're very strategic in our approach and how we communicate with everyone in our community. And I, I want to just I'm, add, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. I just have to add, I don't want to encourage women to volunteer in this period, consult, work as a consultant, get paid. Okay. Do not volunteer. Excellent get point. Paid. Excellent point. So, Good one. I have a, I, I do have something to build upon everything that you all shared, whether you want to leave or not, it's important to have a mentor. It's important to maybe seek for a sponsor who somebody who has already walked the journey that you are aiming to walk in, but you have to take a pause, look for a role model that can help you, that can support you, that can be your cheerleader, that can champion you, but can also hold up a mirror so that you can make a deliberate decision about your future. Because I want you to be the best person that you can be, that I know that you can be, but this COVID lockdown, this whole situation, I mean, I have to be honest, in the beginning, the funk, I wasn't, you know, talking like this because I was dealing with my own fire at home. But then again, we made it to the end of this year and I will be sure that we will make it, we will make it happen in 2021. Now is the time that we speak up to make that change, whatever change that is, to make it happen. That's my wish for you. So going to the final question, 2025. I mean, 2021 is already knocking on our doors, right? Now we are heading to 2021. Uh, Cordelia, one wish that you have when it comes to humanizing the workplace and working mothers, what is that? that we will have harmony as far as uh, mm. allies, um, you know, as far as uh, men being allies for women, women being allies for women in the workplace. Um, there will be a different strategy surrounding community um, support for children's education. Mm -hmm. It could almost be like for women who have kids, right? the kids could be in a pre-internship mm. program. And that would be a way to, for the, you know, they're building legacy for themselves and, you know, for the company and helping the mother at the same time and helping the next generation, so. A happy mom is a happy employee. <laughs> <laughs> happy mom is a happy family too, so. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Stella. <laughs> My wish for 2025 is that we should value the moms, mm -hmm. like value them, value the mothers in the workplace, 
because at the end of the day, we are the ones that produce the workforce. Mm -hmm. So the, we are the ones that produce the people that you need. So if we are not healthy, if we are not fine, if we don't feel respected and honored, then our kids are not fine either. As Cordelia said, our family won't be well. So value the moms. Yeah, and kids remember. Kids, what I see with the, the new generation is they see how horrible some companies have treated their family or how horrible some companies have been in the past or maybe now during this whole lockdown and especially with this whole google search and you can find everything everything is there so please step up and do better for moms tara you're muted it's the quote of 2020 you're muted <laughs> um, so I have a big one that's, you know, for, for the U.S., because we're so behind in the times uh, as compared to other countries, I would love for us to have a uh, federal paid parental leave program that is substantive regarding both time and uh, continuing that compensation. Because, like, I don't know about you guys, but how do you take time off if, like, okay, so let me give you a really good example. Right now, we just like the country, mm -hmm. like at least in the US, we've run out of money, right? We're so far in debt that it's that it's just absolutely bonkers. Like trillions and trillions and trillions. I don't even know if there's a number really. I don't know if anybody actually knows what it is, but it's so big. And yet we are all supposed to figure out how to have a kid continue to pay our insurance benefits like our insurance premiums, because like in, in the US, again, we have like um, a really fucked healthcare system. And um, we pay like a ton as an employee, most people who have families, especially some some places cover it, but not most. So we have like a, a portion that we pay. So like, mm -hmm. but we have no protections aside from FMLA. Some states have some paid, like California has, I think six or eight weeks or something that the state supplements, but it's 60% of your income. So you already just took a huge pay cut. Then you get basically no time off. I mean, it's it's pretty abysmal. It's like 12 weeks, but it's again, it's not paid. But you still have to keep those insurance premiums paid because guess what? You have a baby now. And postpartum uh, is like a real mm -hmm. thing. I'm sure I don't have to tell anyone here. And so for me, in 2025, I really hope that the US specifically will catch up with the rest of the world and offering a little bit better uh, protections and paid leave for all parents, but specifically for the moms who endure the physical labor, but all parents, yeah. we need time to bond. We need time to be able to step away from our job and put that out of office on and mean it so that we have that, that time with our kiddos. That's what I'd love to see. Love it. Elizabeth. Ah, uh, five years from now, I would no, like, four. Well, okay, four, <laughs> almost, almost. Um, I would like to see less conversations like this. The reason mm -hmm. why we're having this conversation is because yeah. there is an issue. We yeah. know that there's an issue around the world. I can only speak from a U.S. perspective. In the United States, there's definitely an issue to all the points that Tara um, articulated so well. 
I would like to see that organizations have policies that make sense, that are empathetic, that actually lead people to loyalty within the organization and lead career women to success. I would Mm -hmm. like to see legislators doing the things that they need to do that we've been marching about for the last 25 years. I would like to see organizations commit to making the workplace so human that it's not even a question for us. If, if something odd happens, it's it's such the exception and not the rule that it's more mm-hmm. shocking instead of saying, as I've heard many of my colleagues say, a lot of a lot of mom working moms say, you know, I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised. So in four ish years, I think it would be amazing where we can get to that point where although we're having this conversation, we're talking about what has transpired, how much we've grown as a society and how we have continuously humanized the workplace. Thank you. So I, so yeah, I put more or less the same thing as Tara. I would love to see not only better maternity leave. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. from Denmark and we actually have pretty good conditions. The problem is that it's just for women. So what I would really like to see is that we have earmarked parental leave. Ideally the same period for men and women, say six months each. So it's expected when you hire a man or a woman that each one of them is going to take a parental leave when they have kids. That way there will be no liability to hire Mm. a woman over a man. So that will give us the same entrance when we start. We'll be set back the same amount whenever we have kids. And that gives us a much better equal platform to build on. And, And for our children, it's just very healthy. Like that, they see a dad who's immediately a role model and a main caretaker from the first year of their life. Love it. Thank you. Kamara. Yeah, um, we're so lucky in Canada. We do get a year-long maternity leave if you have worked in the workplace. Sure, you know, it is about 60% of your pay. Uh, It's still fine. You know, I took it um, every time. Like, I mean, two times. Um, But what (laughs) I would love to see is really have some systems change. I think the problem is that the leadership is predominantly male, you know, you know, male leaders, and they come from, they make policies, and they have a system, workplaces that are designed for men, for the most part. So it's no surprise that we struggle with a lot of things. So I think having Mm -hmm. more women in leadership, having systems change and really look at the future of work, we talk about future work. But what is future of work, you know, Um, and because again, the systems are not designed for women in the workplace. And instead of us adapting to whatever's out there, I think systems need to change. And that's mm-hmm. going to take a long time. We acknowledge that, but just, just to see little, little steps go a long way, whether that's, you know, to Camilla's point, having, you know, perhaps mandatory, you know, parental leave. It may not work for everybody, but just at least having that opportunity or that chance to, um, to be off, you know, and to come back into the workplace and same for men. But I definitely think that having more women in leadership will create those systems change. Um, and it goes with everything, whether it's a product or service, it just blows my mind how so many things are designed for women created by men. Um, so yeah, I think just more women in leadership, more decision-making um, and uh, yeah, that's what I would hope to see. Given the fact that we 
carry the pain for mm -hmm. at least eight months, given the fact that we give birth in whatever way. We know how to survive and thrive and everything. And all I have to say is we need a seat, our seat at the table. We need to make the decision. We need to make the, the workplace woman friendly in general, in period. And never, ever, 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 ever doubt a woman from the moment that she shares she's pregnant. Unfortunately, I've been in that situation, but I will never tolerate that ever from everybody, anyone ever. So if you are in a situation like that, know that you can share it anonymously. It, this is not the 2020 or the 2025 that I'm aiming for. I'm aiming for workplaces that are honoring women that are having you know, breastfeeding friendly rooms instead of the toilet. That's a whole nother conversation next year. But I do want to encourage the companies that are doing their best for women. I want to applaud them and say, be, be the inspiration for other companies that are maybe seeking inspiration in this field. So I want to say thank you to all the amazing mothers that are were on my panel. And I feel I feel I feel a little bit privileged because I wish I had them in my ear when I became a mom. I wish when I was pregnant, I had you all in my ear because hearing this, seeing so, hearing so much valuable thoughts of encouraging mothers, of empowering mothers, whether they want to stay or leave, it's heartwarming. So thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. To the viewers, this will be, I don't, I, I think it's episode 83 or 84. I don't know. I don't remember because that, what, that, that is the situation of us being in lockdown in the Netherlands. So my mind is just like, okay, I'm scrambled at the moment, but I do want, I do have one request and it's not all I want for Christmas, Mariah Carey, but all I want for Christmas is show the podcast or the broadcast a little bit of love so that I can continue to do these types of conversations so that we can work together towards a humanized workplace. So um, I have one more episode left for next week, and that will be the last one for this year. But know that I will be keep pushing the needle when it comes to humanizing the workplace, speaking up about topics that we need to address such as the state of the uh, working mom. So thank you all for watching this episode and until the next time. I'm seeing one comment coming in. Let me see you showing up. Uh, thank you, Ashley, for sharing a heart. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see the other ladies. Thank you, ladies. And until thank next time. So thank, thank you so much, Vivian, thank for creating you. this space. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.